Welcome back to the Swinging Blindly podcast. As we talk all things Major League Baseball, I'm Blaze Bryant here in upstate New York. And down in Connecticut, wait a second, who is this guy? It's been so long since we've done a show together, I forgot who it is. Oh, wait, 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 it is the one and only P.J. Geary. Hey, my guy. That was a great Thank you. That was a great uh, reintroduction. Yes, it's been a while. We've been all over the place this summer, but we are back. We are back and better than ever here yeah. on the Swinging Blindly Podcast. Indeed, we are. Facebook.com slash Swinging Blindly Podcast. Ooh, sounds like a beer. On Twitter at Swinging Blindly. <laughs> Sorry about that. And you need not apologize. Uh as we have a very busy show, we'll get to your calls. Uh, we're going to pay tribute to the late Vin Scully first. That's going to be our From the Booth segment. If you didn't hear, Vin Scully, the long time, well, 67 years to be exact. He was the voice of the Dodgers from, you know, when they were in Brooklyn. My guy, this guy called games... When Jackie Robinson was a Brooklyn Dodger until he retired in 2016. Uh, Vin Scully died Tuesday night, 94 years old. Uh, A good long life for sure. And I've got a bunch of clips here to pay tribute to Vin. Uh, PJ, are you raring and ready to go here? Absolutely. And just so you know, you can find us. Uh, on Twitter at, at Swinging Blindly, uh, on Facebook at Swinging Blindly Podcast, I believe, and then uh, I believe that those are two, correct? Yes, Please? yep, you, okay. you, you got and it right. Just to just to make sure we get that out there, but yes, I mean, we're back and we and we have an episode, and you know what, we were <laughs> we we found this out this morning, right, Blaze? I mean, right, right before we're uh, we're going. We're getting ready for our, our comeback episode, and then Vin Scully dies, and uh, it's sad, and we have to cover it because we're baseball guys, and just to pay our respects to the game, not only just the game, but obviously to Vin Scully himself, who was such a big part of baseball. And I'm, and you know what? I look forward to what you're going to play for the people here, Blaze, because it will be a tribute, as you said. Indeed, it will for for sure. Let's start. Nineteen sixty five, Chicago Cubs were at Dodger Stadium, so that means it was a Cubs Dodgers game. Sandy Koufax was on the mound, twenty six up, twenty six down. Here's how the last pitch of his perfect game sounded, as called by the now late Vin Scully. Two and two to Harvey Keene. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung on and missed a perfect game.
On the scoreboard in right field, it is 9.46 p.m. in the city of the Angels, Los Angeles, California. And a crowd of 29,139. Just sitting in to see the only pitcher in baseball history to hurl four no-hit, no-run games. He has done it four straight years, and now he capped it on his fourth no-hitter. He made it a perfect game. And Sandy Koufax, whose name will always remind you of strikeouts, did it with a flourish. He struck out the last six consecutive batters. So when he wrote his name in capital letters in the record books, that K stands out even more than the O-U-F-A-X. I love the last line of that. That is so good. So good. Wow. You almost, you know what? You almost feel like you're right there. Like you almost feel like you're right there in that time, as you listen to that. Like as as you know, we're 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 basically the same age, and we are the same age. And uh, it, it, you know, to 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 hear about these players, like the Sandy Koufaxes of the world, like you think Vince Scully, like immediately for all like the legends that we think of, that we weren't you know lucky enough to be alive to to you know, witness them or, or be around at the same time. I felt like I was watching that perfect game. And that, that, that is the true testament to a, to a great broadcaster. No doubt about it. That game was on September 8th. I believe it was in 19, 1960. It was 65. Yeah. 1965. Yep. And there's an eight minute video on YouTube of, the last half of that inning. Well, it really was the top of the ninth inning because the Dodgers were mm-hmm. home. So, yeah, it was the top of the ninth. And Vin was telling the time. He was giving you the time as yeah. the inning was progressing, which you don't hear anyone do that. Oh, no. And it's not so much, you know, the voice. Obviously, his voice is legendary. His calls are legendary, but he created we, theater. He created theater like none other. You know who that was for? It was for the, for the, it was for the 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 blue collar workers that were still working at the time. It was for the 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 the, the again blue collar guy on his ride home, listening to the radio, like he he update. His calls, and we're gonna have a couple of them. As we've got several, of, yeah. Because you're a, an, an amazing producer here, but it was that was on purpose for the working man and women. Well, and yeah, I mean, but and and that is true. And the other part of it too, because I heard him be interviewed about this, and he said, "Well, you know, I I told the time because." I was just saying what I was seeing. And he did stuff very similar. There was uh, uh, Bill Singer, I believe his name was, in 1973. He threw a no-hitter, and he was giving the time and describing the the looks or the look on his face from his wife, Ginny, in the stands. and I mean, just all these incredible, incredible things. Just, just the theater of it all, just in that call. And the way he 
captured a moment here as I'm going to lead this into our next clip. April 8th of 1974, Hank Aaron was at bat, sitting on 714 home runs. And here's how history sounded in Atlanta through the eyes and voice of Vin Scully. So the confrontation for the second time. Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now, but we'll see what Downing does. Al at the belt delivers, and he's low, ball one. And that just adds to the pressure. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional in pitches game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us and particularly for Henry Aaron who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father, and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand, and that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers, is holding his right hand high in the air and for the first time in a long time that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At 10 minutes after 9 in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. Wow. And that, I mean, to me, the best part of that call, PJ, and I've heard it a million times, is where Vin, he stayed silent for a, a little bit so that you could hear the crowd. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do as a broadcaster in a big moment like that is to shut up because... Let it play. Yeah, and and a lot of people, they they feel a need to put themselves in that big moment, and that's just the worst thing you can do. Please, that that was really really cool. Um, you know, it's 
that that's a moment I've seen, I, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's when the the famous picture was taken of the 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 man who ran on the field and shook Hank Aaron's hand as he was rounding the bases and down as he said, even you know, in in uh, just having to say a, a black man, you know, this is the seventies, you know describing it in that sense is just such a it's crazy man like that's uh uh, uh that that take that really is one of those things man like that you can't even i can't even like, if you look it up on youtube the first the first thing is the first thing is Vin Scully calling it. Oh, oh, my bad. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, well, I, I love accessing great deals, but not right now. Um, yeah. The no, Swinging it, Blindly no. podcast. But, like, that's what happened. Is like, as he's rounding the bases, he gets mobbed by, like, fans. You know what I mean? Like, uh... Yeah, and, and the Dodgers infield. and uh, Yeah, I mean, and just to think about what it was like at that like, time. It's... it's, it's, it's a famous picture of two white guys as Hank Aaron is rounding second base. Two white guys run on the field and basically give Aaron Hank Aaron a hug. And at that time, it wouldn't have been so crazy if those guys did something very bad. But instead, it was a handshake. I mean, nowadays, those guys would have been tackled and thrown out of the thrown out of the stadium immediately. But as Hank Aaron is rounding the bases, which adds to Vin Scully's call, is as Hank Aaron is rounding second base, he has two white men run right up next to him and give him daps and a, and a hug and a pat him on the back. And yet, you know, Vin Scully was able to call it the way he did to, like, put paint that picture and yeah, I mean, one of the most important hits in, in baseball history it has to be. No doubt about it. And I'm really glad that you put a lot of emphasis on the men, the white men, rounding second bit or, you know, shaking and, and hugging his hand or, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia in 1974. Yes. I mean, I, well, I don't want to be the per- what... that person who yeah. says, it was Atlanta, Georgia in 1974. Yeah. Well, Vin Scully said it. He said it was a black man breaking a record of a... I mean, he didn't say... He did say black man, but he didn't say breaking the record of a white man. But he he said a black man in Georgia breaking a record. And uh, again, as I said, like, it, that's... I'll never forget, like, seeing that because, A, it's 7.15 and, and B... It's these two guys, like you, you watch the clip and they come out of nowhere and they're just right next to him. And they and they and they both just pat him on the back, shake his hand, and then they leave. At you know, ten after they, nine. No, <laughs> you know, and again another good another good point that you just made, Blaze. I love how Vin would would point out the time. That's that's a pro right there. And, and that's what a lot of, and you don't hear it now, and, and I think it actually does contribute to the degradation of, of radio today. Telling the time is a very important thing. I, yeah. I, I mean, 
when when I'm doing live local radio, which I occasionally do, I make it an effort to tell the time, although because the show replays at, at different times of the day, I I was actually told, no, you, you can't tell the time. Uh, you can't give the time. I'm just like, okay, whatever. But it's because, you know, the radio is, is largely meant for, you know, people who are getting ready in the morning or or if, you know, they have it on and they're doing something. And, you know, the radio helps you keep time. Yeah. I mean, just it's just one of those... One of those little things that that means so much and and adds yeah. so much to a a broadcast, at least in my opinion, it's it's very important yeah. to give the time. If you're listening to it at all times, you know it's it's one of those things where you need that update. Like, what time is it? Absolutely. So, uh, now, are you? Do we, do we have any? Do we have any more? We we. we uh... Yeah, yep, we do. Uh, 1986, this is game six of the 86 World Series. I'm going to set this up. Bottom of the 10th inning, Mets are down 5-3 to three to the Red Sox, uh, who, who scored a couple of runs in the top of the 10th. And had the Red Sox won the game, they would have won the World Series. So that, so that whole 86-year curse of the Bambino well, that would have been trimmed down to only a 68-year curse. Mm-hmm. So here it is, bottom of the 10th, NBC, 1986. Mookie Wilson is at the dish. Two and two to Mookie Wilson. And it's going to go to the backstop. Here comes Mitchell to score the tying run, and Ray Knight is at second base. So the winning run is at second base with two out, three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through. Oh. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. That's how the Mets won the game with a wild pitch and the ball that got through Bill Buckner's legs. What a call. And, and and that's something that I think people forget, myself included, is that the tying run scored on the same at-bat. Yeah. And then Mookie poked it literally through uh, uh, an R.I.P. Buckner's legs, yeah. R.I.P. Bill Buckner uh, hit through his legs. And, and that was what, like, it was a whole thing growing up, man. Like pulling a Buckner, and that and that stinks. And and because he was a good player, I just you know he was what? a very good player. I just, actually, I just want this on the record. Bill Buckner was a good player, did not deserve what he got. But it, when that happened, he was on the tail end of his career. He shouldn't have been in there in the first place. I mean, if you want to really go back into the nitty gritty, he should have been subbed out for a. 
defensive replacement, but there was something that happened with that. It's also Either very way. easy for us to say because we weren't even freaking born then. So who oh, are we absolutely. to say? <laughs> absolutely. But, but you know what I'm taking away from it, and I didn't mean to do that, Blaze, was what a freaking call from Vince Ford. Like I, That's what I remember. Like I remember that call of that. I mean, that's a moment, you know, as a Cardinal fan. You know, spoiler alert, the Cardinals lost the Red Sox to for their first championship in 86 years. And and this is a clip I've heard and seen many, many times. So, yeah. I mean, it's and it's it's really one of the best calls of all time because it's just so simple and well done. And, and this to me here, uh, PJ. Now, this to me is the best creation of theater by Vin Scully. Now, we fast forward two years to the 1988 World Series. Again, calling the game for NBC. The Dodgers were home to take on the Oakland A's. Oh, here we go. Let's go. Kirk Gibson was not even introduced because he was so injured because of two bad legs. And... Kirk Gibson admitted this after the game ended that when he heard Vin say in the seventh inning that there's no way, essentially no way in hell that uh, he's going to be able to uh, go in, that motivated Kirk Gibson to uh, get himself in somewhat of a position to come up and pinch hit in the bottom of the ninth. Here is... uh, somewhat abridged version of that at bat on the call with Vin this is Joe Garagiola. Um, hang on a little bit of a technical issue here with this, uh, with this one right now, I'll come back to it. Uh, this one, uh, and, and hopefully I can, uh, get the get the audio issues squared away with the 88 call. This is uh, Vin's last home run call at Dodger Stadium from 2016. And now Charlie Culberson coming up. Charlie so we will see one out in San Diego. Brad Hand is facing Brandon Belt. And the Padres lead 4-3. Two out here in the 10th inning. Culberson struck out, single twice, reached on an error. Charlie trying to keep the inning alive and let Grandall come up. Belt's trying to do the same thing in San Diego. Little foul out of play, 0 1. All right, Brandon still battling up there. Ninth inning, 4-3, San Diego. Tenth inning, 3-3. Dodgers and Rockies. Oh, and one to Charlie. Swung on a high fly ball to deep left field of Dodger Ben Fancy. Would you believe a home run? And the Dodgers have clinched the division and will celebrate on schedule. 
right, well, uh, computer has a mind of its own, so uh, sorry about that. But yeah, that was that was the last home run at Dodger Stadium for Vin Scully, of all people, to hit it, Charlie Culverson, PJ. I mean, you you had that on your bingo card, did you not? Yeah, right there with O seventy three. Yeah, and uh, our our guy. Do you know who our guy is? If I say our guy, do you know who that is? I do not. You can. I come on. Who is uh, our guy? Come on, he's our guy. He's he's really our guy. Bretty boy. Well, but, okay. I'm talking about like a a pro pitch. He's a pitcher. He's a pitcher, and he's our guy. He's our guy. Um, you got this. I know you got this, bro. I'm I'm honestly drawing a blank here as I'm trying to figure out this this technical difficulty here. So. Okay, hold on. I'll give you a quick hint. Let me just make sure I have the right guy. Oh yeah, I've I've searched him before. Uh, former Oriole. Ah, Jimmy Yacobonis. That's our guy. That is our guy. Through and through, no matter what happens, we have Jimmy Yacobonis. This is true. So, take me through what you thought about that, that Culverson call right there. Oh, right there at the end. Yeah, yeah, and just the just the at bat and going through everything. Oh, I mean, brother, I I I've personally have had an amazing time re- re-listening to Vince Coley. It's one of those. It's one of like you know I wasn't so emotional um, about it. My my brother, or sorry, my father might be a little bit more emotional about it than I know. I'll I'll have to text him, but it. I mean, it's one of those things that you don't realize. Like you don't realize how many calls that he's been a part of that that I have in my being. Like I the eighty six, the eighty six Mets, the Buckner. Like I, in my sleep, I know that that's. Vince Coy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, uh, for sure. It's just one of those deals where he's just been such a constant for so long that it ends up being like a dang, like a, I, it's going to be weird when you hear, I imagine, especially for people out West Dodger fans, if you're listening to this, hit us up. But, uh, you know, that's the, that's been their guy. I mean, I know he's retired what, a couple years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, 20, 2016 is when 2016. he retired. Yeah, um, but like, still, like, you don't. It, it's regardless of if you're a Dodger or a Los Angeles baseball fan. You know, as as a fan of baseball in general, you know the name Vince Scully. You know how he sounds. You know who he is. And for that to be over is like it's it's another it's one of those it's a benchmark. It's like dang. Yeah, and uh, I I have the eighty eight call 
uh, I was able to fix the the technical on that. So uh, let's play right. it before the computer yes. screws up here again. I'll reset Absolutely. this up. 1988, game one of the World Series. Dodgers are behind the A's, 4-3. Kirk Gibson, two bad legs, wasn't even introduced and was able to get himself ready to pinch hit. And here's how it played out. All year long, they look to him to light the fire. And all year long, he answered the demands until he was physically unable to start tonight with two bad legs. The bad left hamstring and the swollen right knee. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. If he hits the ball on the ground, I would imagine he would be running 50% to first base. So the Dodgers trying to catch lightning right now. He was, you know, complaining about the fact that with the left knee bothering him, he can't push off. Well, now he can't push off and he can't land. He's going to use all arms. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. Four three A's. Two out ninth inning. Not a bad opening act. Gibson was so banged up. He was not introduced. He did not come out onto the field before the game. You can really see the limp. Uh, he's not driving that ball. It was by him. Let's see. He's really almost he almost has to talk to his legs and say hey let's go. We got to get out of here. It's one thing to favor one leg but you can't favor two. No way. And that's what he's trying to do. He really is. Gibson shaking his left leg making it quiver like a horse trying to get rid of a troublesome fly. Two and two. Two balls and two strikes with two out. Those extra steps that Davis will get if the count goes to three and two are very big. So Hassey and Eckersley want that pitch of decision right here. There he goes. Way outside. He's stolen it. Hassey started to throw and kind of bumped Gibson, but it was way too late. Davis was way down there, almost as if he could have walked in. Three and two. Sacks waiting on deck, but the game right now is at the plate. Fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Yes, it was indeed. I mean, could you just imagine trying to hit PJ? Because you've been in this position, I've not. And that was Vin Scully and Joe Garagiola. That was the uh, analyst there. Could you imagine what that must have been like for Kirk Gibson 
to have to essentially hit with all arms. Oh, absolutely not, Blaze. And and what I I mean a a, a feat for Gibson, but the call. Let, let's not get away from the call. I mean, I know. I I was trying to build the theater up as much as I it, could. I mean, it. This is a. You have to imagine that Vin Scully is not expecting that home run. Like that. That might have been one of the most like. That might have been one of the things he least expected to happen at that time. So you can really hear it in his voice the sh- the shock uh, that came with that hit and uh, you know home run with the famous uh, you know Kirk Gibson with his famous celebration around second base. I mean, no, I mean. I, now that we're doing this, it's so crazy to like remember how how uh, important this man was to baseball. Place like it, like really like, uh, like so many of the most iconic moments and pictures and videos have been tied to this man and and it's been Scully and it's uh, it's pretty crazy to like relive that. Yeah, I mean, he he got into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. He won the Ford C. Frick Award for Broadcast Excellence in 1982. He was, I want to say, the fourth or fifth recipient of that award. I mean, of course, people like Red Barber and Mel Allen, who were the pioneers of baseball broadcasting among a couple of others russ hodges mm-hmm. I, he russ hodges is, is the one who uh you know called the the shot heard around the world and oh, wow. yeah yeah uh, when you know the giants win the pennant the giants win the pennant That's that him was too? Yeah, that was russ hodges wow yeah yeah awesome. yeah so so of course you know vin had to wait his turn That's but rusty. yeah deservedly so he didn't have to wait long Yeah, damn. Who the frig is this? Sorry, I had a phone call coming in. Um, You you know, um, these spam people, they broke broke through my do not disturb, so sorry if my audio dropped on you there for a second. There's very few guys who... Will end up with the same admiration as Vin Scully. He's he, he's the last of a dying breed, I think. And you know, because like for myself, I mean, Dan McLaughlin, he's he's the voice, the TV voice. Um, as a Cardinal fan, Mike Shannon has has transitioned out clearly, but he was there for a while. Like there's. It's a lost art. It's a dying breed, and it, it, I I think personally, it is something that needs to be revered and and respected because it's not going to end, please. It won't end. Like, there will always be a radio presence for each for every team. Yeah, well, but, you know the other thing. You know the other voice. I don't want you to leave them out that you have for the Cardinals is John Rooney, who has been there for a long time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's it's radio voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah John Rooney's been doing radio for a while uh for the cards. Yeah, and and, and a legend in at least in my eyes. Yeah, um, I mean, you had and you had Harry you know, Carey. You had Harry Carey. You had Jack oh, Buck. Well, Carey was okay. Come on, Carey and Jack were way before our time. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing is like the day of a radio uh, caller, specifically being a Hall of Famer like that, might be gone. No, and that no. stinks. That really stinks to me. Oh, I, 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 bro, I disagree with you completely because. Okay. I, I think you. I mean, and and of course you have Bob Euchre. Uh, you know he was he was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame two thousand three. Well, Baseball Hall of Fame in the broadcast wing. Uh, Susan Waldman, she's going to be inducted into the uh, New York State uh, Broadcasters. Or no, I'm sorry, the Radio Hall of Fame, not just New York State. She's going to be inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, deservedly so, uh, you know, yeah. for her pioneering work. I mean, say what you want or, you know, want about her, but she has trailblazed a a profession oh, yeah. for women, and, and she should be... Bro, of course, that time, just the fact that she was there, I mean, uh, all props to Susan Waldman. I mean, it, it 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 is one of those things, and what I was saying is, like, it's... It's a tough business to get into, but you know, who knows? Absolutely. And I I think as long as as long as baseball's a game, it's always gonna be a radio sport. I I really yep. and and truly believe that. Now we've played, you know, a lot of the great Scully calls. And also too, did you, you know, he did football. Scully did football for a little bit for NBC as well. You know the call, it was Dwight Clark making the catch, the tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. There was a call called The Catch, and that was Vin Scully. And I wish I had the forethought to play that. Uh, Maybe, maybe. you you know what I'll do? As we're taking calls, PJ... I will I will grab that call off of of YouTube and and play it uh, before Love before that. we wrap up. Uh, but so, but as you said, let's uh, let's talk deadlock. Well well wait people... wait 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 wait. I'm not done with Scully. Oh, oh I have sorry, to play this and I uh, this is you know um yeah. You've been keeping the people from Scully. I mean I or from the deadline. I mean yeah. Well, I'm just building up the theater for the deadline. Now I intentionally pulled this. You know, mainly for you. And it's a story about a former Cardinal manager and catcher. I'm sorry, and catcher. Bottom of the second inning, no score, and the subject is Mike Matheny. Matheny, 44 years old, come the end of September, born in Ohio, lives in Missouri. But he was not even 18 years old, and he came to the University of Michigan with a major league dilemma. Earlier that summer, the Toronto Blue Jays had drafted a catching prospect in the 31st round, but Matheny decided to honor his college commitments, but he had a lot of doubts. Getting drafted was a dream come true, and if he waited till later on, the next time the offer would be less or not forthcoming at all. So 
He was a young man, not 18, and a lot of pressure. Should I turn pro or go to college? Major League Baseball rules allow players to sign with teams up until the player officially enters college full-time. That's the key, full-time. Anyway, Matheny showered, ready to go to class for the first day, walked out of the dormitory, stomach knotted, and a pigeon defecated directly on his head. Now, <laughs> conventional wisdom would suggest the bird bombing was a sign that he should hit the road. But Matheny had to go back and clean up. The pitch to Uribe, a strike, 0-1 the count. He went back and showered and cleaned up and decided all of a sudden he was at peace. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to go to college. And there was one other thing that happened. The strike one pitch swung on and missed, 0-2. Matheny went to his first class, and when he reached class, he noticed a pretty field hockey player named Kristen. And he would marry her and live happily ever after. And that's the story of Mike Matheny and the bird poop. As Uribe hasn't much of a swing as he returns against a great pitcher and strikes out. <laughs> that's, that's the story. Uh, Mike Matheny and the bird poop. <laughs> that's the story of the Mike Matheny and the bird I mean, that was like rest in peace. That was one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. And just the way he wove the story in between pitches. It's just a thing of beauty. I mean, legitimately one of the best to do it. Yes, absolutely. Swing. If not the best. Oh, I, I, I certainly firmly believe that. That Vin was and is the best to ever do it. Uh, Swinging Blindly Podcast, Facebook.com slash Swinging Blindly Podcast on Twitter. At Swinging Blindly, available wherever you get your podcasts. At noon Eastern, tomorrow, from when we're mm. recording this. So, uh, well, you know, so this uh, this color cast will be turned into a podcast. So let's, you know, we'll, we'll get back to Vince Scully because I do want to play, um, you know, we'll get back to Vin toward the end. And uh, I actually, what we'll do is we'll close. PJ, let's close the show uh, later on with Vin's final words from Blaise, his broadcast career. Blaze, you need to take control because I don't know. We start. You ha- you have to just tell me when when we do things because I don't. What what are we doing? Okay, uh, let's let's get into the trade deadline. It was a it was a yeah, frenzy. I mean, we we only have twelve minutes for uh, for an hour, so well, let's go. If we run long, we run long. Um, so no, let's. Uh, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I understand. Um, all right, so we'll 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 zip through this here really quickly. Uh, BJ, uh, where do you want to? St- I mean, of course, we know where to start with the. With the trade deadline and Juan Soto, Josh Bell going to the Slam Diego Padres. Absolutely. I mean, it's just 
when when you see something like that, and and Washington, I believe they got back a bunch of prospects. I'm honestly really not zeroed in as to what the Nationals got back in return, but what they did, you know, San Diego essentially took a disgruntled uh, Juan Soto off the Nationals' hands. And before yeah. I ask you your take on it, because I mean, because we haven't done a show since it broke. Juan Soto wanted, uh, or, I mean, he turned down a 15-year, $440 million deal from the Nationals, which average annual value is less than 30 per. You certainly can understand it for a guy of his talent. And they were thinking that he was going to give him a hometown discount because they drafted him, brought him up through the system and everything. And honestly, dude, I can't blame Soto because... Since the Nationals won the World Series, they've just torn everything down around him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was the, uh, <clears throat> as a Cardinal fan, I'm clearly, uh, it it pains me to, to get into this, but the deal was the Padres got Juan Soto and Josh Bell for, Mackenzie Gore, right-handed pitcher, infielder C.J. shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder Robert Hassel the third, outfielder James Wood, and right fielder Jarlin Susana, and and Hosmer had to go elsewhere, but well, he he chose but, he chose to go elsewhere, and I know we have ten minutes left. I'm gonna aim here to punch. Swaggy B up here for what is Swaggy B? Yeah, uh, I'm going to aim to punch you up, Swaggy B, for a few minutes here. Uh, you know, we can uh wrap up the, the show with you here if I, I mean, we did, did do this a lot adequately of here. But, and we next week we can also talk more about the trades online. But, yeah, well, well, actually, well, you're, say, well, well, you're on your note. You're on your own next week, as you as you know. Um, yes, as I know. Yes. I did two shows on my own. You need to do one. <laughs> I will. I will. I will do one. And that will be scheduled under your color cast name, which is PJG two zero three. PJG two zero three will. Uh, that'll be the. Uh, that'll be the uh, uh, handle. That the show is under uh, next week and next week only. Uh, so you get PJ by his damn self. So help him out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, what it does to me is it says, hey, San Diego, you made a bunch of flashy moves. Now it's time for you to do something. And if you don't, if you don't, then you got to tear your own stuff down. Because you have now put yourself in a position where you not making progress in the postseason is unacceptable. What's yeah, that? that's that's what, I would, that's what I would say. Is I mean, they didn't trade him to the Cardinals, but this is literally a if the Padres cannot. I think make the World Series, right? 
at least making the World Series would be the thing. But they have to win one in the next two years, right? I mean, right? I mean, am I am I crazy? No, like, no, you're not crazy. I I agree with the, you completely. If if the Cardinals had made this deal, they should. They, then I would expect them to win a title in the next two years. Literally, like, seriously, you give up that much. I mean, it was a it was a haul. Like I I'm not. Am I still a little bit bitter that they didn't? Yes, but I understand and have looked at it. This is a win in the next two years type deal. So if the Padres don't win the World Series in this year or next year, I think they lose that Juan Soto deal. Like I, I really do. Yeah, then he's... they might they might not even be able to sign him back. Yeah, and and like I said to you yesterday when we were uh, you know doing a, a technical test, that the the Cardinals not getting Soto I think is a is a good break because not only do you get Juan Soto. But you get the attitude of Juan Soto. Yep. And, and well, attitude, and then, and I think more so it's money. More so, whoever gets Juan Soto is going to have to pay $500 plus million. It's uh, a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I know we're dealing with a lot of inflation now, but that's, I mean, that's too much money. I mean, he's not worth $500 mil. He's not the best player in the sport. Uh, Bro, he just turned down 440. But I wonder if that has something to do with the average annual value, which I said to you a few minutes ago. That's less than 30 That's per. True. That's true. That's I, true. I don't yeah, think it was right. so yeah. much the, the years and, and the amount. I think it's the AAV. Uh, that that seems to be what the big focus is on, on all these contracts, not just with him. I mean, and we have to talk about Mike Trout here, um, you, you know, as we – as we wrap up as well. Uh, next, you know, next big trade involves both of our teams. And I don't nope. know. I don't know, my guy. Jordan Montgomery being traded to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. I get it. He's no. a damn good defensive center fielder. When healthy. When healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can get into that, but I think we have to end this show. I think we have a... Uh... Yeah, come on, Blaze. You got to be a little more. Bratty boy. A little more, you know, positive about this whole thing. Uh, Montgomery was a is a good pitcher. Was a good pitcher for the Yanks. Will be a good pitcher for the Cardinals. Honestly, uh, a a really solid back end of the rotation guy, which is pretty hard to have in baseball because a lot of back end rotation guys in baseball sort of, you know have their good days and their really bad days. And Jordan Montgomery is steady, usually. He doesn't have many implosions. So right. the the loss of him will hurt, yes. But but the addition of Montas, like there's just... I Jordan haven't gotten Montgomery to Montas gonna, yet, Brett, but I agree you know, with you about Montas. Here's the thing, though, I before you go on about that. The thing is, though, why did we get a guy who can't play for another month? Because, because of judges, the, because judge has been playing center field most of the year and, and been doing please. all right. Uh, John Carlos Stanton will be back please. before Bader. So uh, I mean, and then and then please. going into the postseason, yeah, PJ. you have all of September, which is like you know the run into the postseason is 
uh, not as exciting as the postseason, but certainly gears up for it really well as as it goes down the the stretch. Well, and not to mention, the Yankees have a massive lead in the American League East. Yeah, uh, well, PJ, what were you? You you were saying my name here. You were pulling a Destiny's Child. Yeah, Blaze, Blaze. Bader is a Gold Glove center, literally one of the last year a Gold Glove center field. Am I? Too happy about this? Yes and no. We haven't had we haven't had the chance to to talk about it, but Bader is a gold glover. Sorry, I have a something on my teeth. Sorry, Bader is a gold glover, and Montgomery is a decent starter. Like I, Bader is a gold glove center. Field. Okay, okay, you've said that five times. I don't need to hear and it we, another time. Here's the but thing, we though. Don't know, we don't know what his bat is. I will, I'll give you that. But Sorry. I'll, I will. I will. Okay, I'll I'm going to spin this another way then. Luis Severino's on the 60-day injured list. You don't know what Domingo Herman's going to be. I just don't understand the move. I, well, I think, yeah. I think Herman, when yeah. healthy, is a uh, <laughs> higher-ceiling pitcher than Montgomery. Agree. And, I, and, and I... So... Along that line of thinking, I guess that's where Cashman and Co. made the call. You know what I mean? Where yeah. because to to get a player that can really lock down center field for you, like a la I don't know, maybe like a Kevin Kiermeyer of the Rays. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. then you uh, hopefully he stays healthy. Honestly, the Yanks have have been generally healthy all year, which mm-hmm. is the first time in a few years that we can actually you know say that as Yankee fans. Yeah, and it's part yeah. of the reason why they've been um, so good throughout Aggressive the season. That too. and, and yeah, that yeah. judges MVP season, but the, like the yeah. overall health, the the and not to mention that it seems like Matt Blake is really tapping into his pitching staff. He's got we've they've, we've gotten way more out of Cortez than anyone would have thought. Yep. In yeah. This year, so yeah, I, I you know it's just I'm I, I think I see the upside here. You don't really want to play Judge. He is going to be or he is thirty or going to be thirty. I, I believe he is, he is. thirty. You're He's not gonna, going if, to be if here. you're going to sign him to a massive contract after the season. It's not going to be with the expectation to be the center fielder for the length of it. So you bring in Bader, and then you have you lighten Judge's load so that he doesn't have to cover so much ground in center as well. I, I mean, I guess I, if yeah. that, that is me reading the tea leaves. I'm just trying to under like that. That's just how I interpret the moves the Yankees made. Brett, I'm not disagreeing with your tea leaf reading at all. I just see to me. Can wouldn't, I? wouldn't you love? Wouldn't you love a rotation though? Uh, with with I, Cole. Cortez, Montas, Montgomery, Herman, and then when Severino gets back, you can you can slide him in and then give some of those other guys extra rest. Now you don't have that luxury, and yeah, now and now the Cardinals have Montgomery, but I could also give you. But the Yankees have been playing Matt Carpenter in right field. He's a second baseman. Want, we yeah. needed, the, the Yanks needed the outfielder, and I know he's can hurt. I, I, you know, can I give you a tough. Bader a scouting report? Because, I mean, I was there opening day this year. Bader was the opening day lead, leadoff hitter. 
I mean, it was supposed to be Bader, Carlson, O'Neal. That was the outfield that we were supposed to have, which sucks. Like now that they traded him, like, I don't know what it is. See, I know to me, Carlson, because because the Cardinals would have had Juan Soto if they didn't want to trade Carlson, but they didn't trade Carlson, so they kept him. I love that man. I don't. I don't blame them for that. But here's the thing: but, Harrison Bader, in my estimation, is not a good enough player to wait a month for him to be healthy. I agree with that. I I, I love Bader, and I, he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the Cardinals' leadoff hitter this entire year. That's what we were supposed to have. We had a. The Cardinals had a outfield plethora, and he was the center fielder, and he did he didn't do that. So his bat didn't come up. His he's been hurt. His he's a Gold Glover, so Gold Glove, but and and fast feet, but bat it hasn't been there. So we'll have to see what happens, right? Yeah, I, 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 is Bader good enough? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, if you don't, if you don't think he is Blaze, I'm not gonna even. I don't even. I wouldn't even say that you're wrong. I, I, I I'm more neutral about it. But it, yeah. it's like if the Yankees didn't have such an enormous lead in the American American League East, there'd be more cause for concern because. Whether it's Bader here, Bader's not here, Montgomery is here, Montgomery's not here. You don't even, you know, there's there's no way of really looking in the crystal ball. Are they, are they going to lose home field advantage to the Astros? Can yeah, I, maybe. It, it's, it's, it's possible. But, yeah, PJ, go ahead. Uh, would a move here or there have really made, would have really swung the tide that far? Yeah. Uh, PJ, what were you going to? I was just going to say, like, can, like, you're, you know, for for him, where do you put it? Uh, uh, you know, one through five. Bader? Uh, Montgomery? No, Bader. What the frig are you talking about? One through five in the lineup? No, he'll probably be. I would. I would wager that he'll be a seven, eight, nine. I'd put him ninth. I'd yeah. actually put him ninth that yeah. way because he's because he has a lot of speed. I, the scouting report I mean, says he's the, the yeah. scouting port report says that he that he is a hitter in progress. At least you hope. Uh, yep. So yep. therefore, put him ninth that way. If he gets on, you have DJ, one of our best contact hitters. And by the way, I don't understand why the Yankees don't have DJ leading off or. Benintendi two, or you flip flop those. That's what I would have done. It's because old best school, well, three. It's because it's because old school baseball uh, thinks the best hitter in the lineup should bat second because you get more at bats per year That's new school. than you do. Your old school says third. three. Your old school yeah, says I, three. I, yeah, I, I know. Old, but I'm yeah. saying old school baseball. What I'm saying is old school baseball. You would have DJ Benintendi one two. I don't care what order. I would personally put DJ one. And then Judge would be third, but new school baseball says bat Judge second, which so you need to it's one or the other. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Instead I, of instead of one two, because 
10 years ago, Judge would have been batting third. I, I mean, it's really new school that Judge is batting second. It's just yeah. that's the, that's how they think. I don't agree. It's just that's uh, so that's the, how I would construct it. Yeah, so you and I are in agreement then, Brad. Yes, yes, yes. It's just the new school analytic way of thinking says bat Judge second because he'll get, I don't know, 50 more at-bats per year batting second than he will batting third. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, so here we go. Let's let's just zip through these guys. Uh, you know that way we can uh, wrap up. Uh, you know the the Montas trade. You know Montas and Trevino because it's Lou Trevino, Jose Trevino. Yeah, um, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, I I can't wait for a Trevino Trevino LLP uh, battery. Uh, but <laughs> um, I mean that. And, and what we gave up to get those guys, I mean, that that is an A move. And I will say that trade alone, oh, that's shit. why Brian Cashman gets an A for the deadline. Yeah. I will give him an A. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. And and also, if the Yankees don't pull off the Montas deal, then, you know, they're not going to make that the Bader deal. It's one, one, it was a domino effect. You're absolutely deal. right. Yeah. So it, it just yeah. it, it just is what it is at that point. Yeah. That's baseball, Susan. Yeah, yeah. and and there then uh, the the what is his name? Brofus, um, Brofus, Efros, uh, uh, Efros. Ephros. I, yeah. I just knew it wasn't Brosif, but yeah, uh, yeah him for the... <laughs> Scott Brosif. Yeah, yeah, Scott Brosif. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no relation to Scott Brosius, Brosif, yeah. but I—I uh, I mean that—that's a really—that's another good move too, because it's a—it's yeah. another look from the right side of the bullpen. Yeah, the the Yankees, I think the even the hits the Yankees bullpen have taken. Oh. I trust pretty much anybody that they yeah, to. at this point. The Yankees bullpen is always in abundance. Yeah, at least uh, the past few years, You're like you really got to yeah, say, like they, yeah, we've absorbed yeah. the loss of Chad Green really well this year. Why with with Clay Holmes? No one you didn't you wouldn't even sure. have mentioned his name to start the year. All star, sure, sure, sure. PJ, you sound like you're half asleep. No, it's that's so true. Uh so true. Yeah, and 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 honestly, I mean, Chad Green, not much of a loss. Sorry, uh. Hosmer, well, he was good. It's just you know what I mean. But he was, he was bad in the worst moments. In the words of Don LaGreca, I was just talking extemporaneously, <laughs> and I and I and then he was the first name that I pulled. Yeah, uh, Hosmer, Hosmer to the Red Sox. Uh, I mean, they made some interesting moves. They got rid of Vasquez, acquiring Reese McGuire. I mean, the, the Red Sox. I mean, they just made moves that don't make sense. Yeah, Vasquez to the Vasquez uh, to the to the Astros. That that was a little surprising, but uh, Boston is as Boston does. So next year they'll probably be in first. Yeah, well, I so mean, in this it, case, it, yeah, well, in this case, the enemy of your enemy is not your friend. I mean, because yeah, Vasquez I, just went I, from I one rival to and, the other. And, yeah, it's true. Uh, from my from my most hated team to my second most hated team, and you can interpret that however you want. <laughs> uh, we're all. <laughs> You and I are in agreement on that. <laughs> I don't know I'm third. <laughs> That's how you sum up what the Red Sox did. I yeah. don't know how I don't know who's on third. 
Um... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that that was... Yes, yes. Oh, it's good to hear the board. Good to hear the board back. It's so good to be using it. It's so good to be using it. Uh, was was Brett's time up? Uh, I don't know. No, I'm still, still here. Man. Okay, you're I still, think I'm still here. I don't even know if I'm on the clock. It's just, it's just. I'm just here. It doesn't. Man, I'm not seeing here. a clock up here, so that's that's yeah, good. Either. No, he, no, he's just a speaker. All right, cool. Uh, that's <laughs> that. All right, hey, that this works for me. So, uh, guys, uh, you know, you know what else from the the trade deadline stood out to you? No, mm. I, I, I can't, I can't. Uh, what was the, um, well, oh, that weird Padres. deal, Mancini to the Padres, Astros, uh, Mancini to the Astros. And then what was the, um, Seattle's big deal was a bit surprising. Well, yeah. uh, that was Luis, Luis Castillo, Luis Castillo, Castillo to the Mariners was surprising to me. I didn't, I didn't expect the, the you know, there had been so much Yankees or, Honestly, I hadn't I hadn't really thought Seattle was I never think Seattle's going to make moves like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, but they Seattle is notorious for overpaying for people and hot take I wanted Montas over over Castillo. Because Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with Montas. Yeah, I, I because and, and I don't mean to sound like American League National League, it does make a difference though. The one thing that worries me with Montas, and we'll see how it goes, is that he always had much better numbers pitching in Oakland than he did on the road. Uh, so if he was benefiting greatly from, um, you know, pitching in Oakland, which is like pitching in the Grand Canyon, then he'll hopefully hopefully it transitions well to New York. Yeah, hopefully I, he doesn't get give I'm up not, too many cheap ones to right field. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, Brett, I mean, because think about it. Most people have better batting averages on the road than in Oakland. Most pitchers pitch yeah. better in Oakland than on the road. You know, mainly because of the cavernous foul territory <laughs> that yeah. exists. Yeah. Uh, we got to go to that damn forsaken place in a few weeks. Yeah, DJ, you what's your put, issue? You could put like a minor league baseball field. Yeah, like a, like, a, like a, you could put like a kid's baseball field in like behind home plate. Uh, in Oakland <laughs> and just have the game. Yeah. So you, or set up the wiffle ball field behind, you know, yeah, whatever, whichever ball, one you want to play. Or, yeah, 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 we play, yeah, we play yeah. wiffle ball on the little field behind home plate, or, you know, we can use the baseball field. That's how Oakland yeah, should be. Yeah. Brad, I'm glad you came into co-pilot here. No, wiffle field. Fuck you. Uh, I, bro, I'm seriously starting to get worried about you here. So, uh, well, me? Yes, you. Why? You're like you're like slurring your words, and uh, you're you're just kind of ran. You just you all right? Are you okay? I'm more than okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if you could convince a hung jury of that right now. But, I I mean, it's just <laughs> a, a lot of really interesting moves. I mean, the, the deadline 
Hey, them moving it to a, a couple of days later at 6 o'clock Eastern, great move. Love to see that again next year. Uh, I mean, it just it was a really good, busy trade deadline. And uh, the Mets, they, they showed you that they're really not trying to win a World Series, or if they're trying to, they're very cocky about it. I mean, but they like get they get Degrom back, so, so? There's, there's like well, there's no pitcher that they could have added that would have been better. They needed a bat, though. Yeah, they didn't get well, one. Darren Ruff is not enough of a bat. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it 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 is a bit of a head scratcher. Not a good enough bat. Yeah, not not a good enough bat indeed, uh, guys. So this is. This has been an awesome show. Uh, you, you know, final final thoughts here, uh, you know, because I, I want to end this with um, the words of uh, Vin Scully signing off here. So, uh, guys, just give me some final thoughts here, and then I'll, I'll you know, do the closing plug and, and play Scully, and we're out of here. Love you. Uh, thank you for having me on again and not, not even putting me on the clock, just – straight up speaker status so uh, very very cool so just good to be back on with you guys it's it's great to be back oh don't forget uh pjg203 look for the swinging blindly podcast under that uh handle as i am taking my annual family vacation uh yes. and i i love you guys to bits but i love PJG. the ocean more so i love that so yeah, uh, and uh, we we don't care whether we uh, you know swing and miss here. So mm. that's that's the state of us here at Swinging Blindly. Brett Monroe, PJ Geary, yep. I'm Blaze Bryant. Uh, boys, cannot thank you enough. And let's let's wrap this up by playing the final words Vin Scully uttered in the broadcast booth. I'm having a weird okay, so uh so here I'm just gonna you know the sometimes the best thing you can do here because it's saying it can't read the uh, audio. Uh so we're just gonna close, reopen and play. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a sixty seven year career in baseball and they've wished me a wonderful retirement with my family and now All I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem life seems a faithful friend to share, for every sigh a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.